Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody and welcome to our latest uh, Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And uh, we're getting very technological today because we've got myself and uh, Tony Scott sat here in Old Hall Street in Liverpool. And we've got Phil on the line uh, from downtown Limassol uh, where he's uh, travelled over, um, not with the Blues, but certainly to watch the Blues uh, tomorrow evening. So how are you finding it over there Phil? Is, uh, is the sun beaming down upon you? Um, it, it's actually raining, so the, the, promise, <laughs> of, the, promise, the promise of winter sun has, uh, has not come to uh, fruition just yet, but I'm told the uh, forecast is a little bit better for this afternoon and, and for the game day, so uh, fingers crossed for a little bit of sun later on. We're glad to hear it. Bumped into many blues over there, yeah, Phil? Um, I didn't see many last night. There was one or two on the plane with us uh, who flew out of Heathrow, um, but I suspect you know, the rest will be uh, arriving today. I'll be, I'll be out and about for some lunch after this, so uh, I'll no doubt bump into one or two, yeah. Got to be a full Greek salad, obviously. Pesce, <laughs> pesce, cheese, Probably. the lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, I mean, the, the Deverson squad, uh, we're told, took off about an hour ago and uh, nothing confirmed yet, but, you know, we're hearing quite interesting team news given the fact that, you know, Sam Allardyce has already said that it's going to be... Um, a shadow squad uh, going over there and I think we can safely assume that people that travel probably won't be involved in the derby match and uh, from what we hear uh, Morgan Schneiderlin and Kevin Morales are both on board uh, the plane as is Nikola Vlasic Joel Robles and Davi Klassen uh, Sanjo is not there but we think that might be more to do with a knock he's got rather than uh, you know, sort of anything you know, team news related but I suppose the headline news that you know, Schneiderlin and Morales the two uh, training ground you know Protesters, shall we call them? Uh, you know, have travelled. You know, do we read anything into that? I mean, what do you think, Phil? Have you uh, reactions? Yeah, to this? I, I'm. I, I'm not surprised to be, to be perfectly honest, because I think how far they've fallen, how 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 much their stock has fallen, um, really sort of plays into the fact that I think a lot of people have expected them to uh, to to be involved at some point tomorrow night. I think. Morales obviously not being in the squad at all on Saturday, he strongly pointed to the fact that he would he would be on the plane, and you know, and, and I think if you add into the fact that, Mar- that Schneiderlin only came off the bench, and that that silence and that indifferent reception he got when he came off the bench uh, says everything about about the, the supporters' feelings towards him. And I also I also also think that maybe the decision to include him in the travelling party has been based on. Sam finally having to sit down with uh, with Unzi as uh, as promised. Yeah, I think you're right there because it's an interesting one that Nikola Vlasic is also on board, and he, he's a lad that you know we've all been impressed with. All these things quite bright, but I know you know from a conversation I've had with David that he wasn't entirely convinced. You know, he thought his ball retention 
um, you know, could be worked upon better. So, you know, maybe Sam Allardyce needs to see more of him, uh, you know, before he makes a, a decision on, you know, what the future holds for him. Uh, obviously, you won't be seeing him in Cyprus because, uh, you know, Big Sam hasn't travelled. He's a, I think the official line is that he's having a, a routine medical procedure this week, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But, you know, equally, I think he'll want to spend his time on the training ground at Finch Farm, working with the players who are going to face Liverpool at the weekend. Uh, but, you know, Vlasic, you know, he's, he's certainly got something to offer, hasn't he, in the, in the future? I think I, I seriously think that the list of players that have travelled there, obviously it's just going to be the under-23, so to speak. A lot of kids and them senior pros, obviously all have underperformed them ones this season. I'd say Vlasic is unlucky to be in there, to be yeah. honest. I, I, I put Vlasic, I'd keep him at home and keep him well for the Merseyside derby on Sunday. I look at them though and think, Phil, do you think any of the list that we've just read out there, do you think any of them will do themselves any justice and maybe, maybe get in the squad for Sunday? They'll do well to get in the squad for Sunday, but they need to do themselves justice. You know, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be up for debate. You know, this game is I'm calling it the double dead rubber because it means nothing <laughs> yeah. to both teams. Yeah. Um, you know, both teams can't go through. So both teams, you would strongly suspect, are going to feel change teams. But you know, given the fact that Schneider and Morales have travelled, there's, there's a strong belief that they probably will start tomorrow night. So they should be players of their experience, European experience, well, never mind domestic experience should be really dominating games like this and if they don't well you know draw your own conclusions but they should be uh, they should be running the show on Thursday but uh, you know if I was a betting man which I'm not um, (laughs) I would be laying on heavily but that was was doubtful to say the least well yeah I mean it's not just looking ahead to the Merseyside derby I mean the run of fixtures in December is absolutely brutal I mean there's Mm. a another game only a few days later and they come thick and fast after that so you know the squad will be lent on quite heavily and you know there's an opportunity for them there to you know catch the eye certainly I mean okay you might not be there in person but you can guarantee Sam will be watching it on television back at home Mm. and you know he'll he'll certainly you know want to see players you know putting in a shift at the very least Phil what do you think um, Craig Shakespeare it'd be interesting to see how he sets the team up but do you think he'd be giving strict orders from Sam Alazais or will he go with what his own methods think yeah, good question. So, because actually, just knocking our heads together this morning with a few of the other reports that have come over, and just sort of, try, I think you know what we're going to sort of try and get get Craig on at the press conference this afternoon, and that's going to be one of the first questions: who's actually picking the team? Is Sam, as you say, is Sam giving you strict instructions, or is Craig as as a trusted and a trusted sort of confidant of, of Big Sam? Is he even given the license to? To do as he see fits within, you know, a loose framework of of, of, of a starting eleven. So I'll ask Craig that and see what he says. You know, I, I suspect Sam will, will will leave it up to Craig to the extent he's probably picked the eleven. I would think, um, but we'll we'll get confirmation of that later. Well, when you look at that, there, Bruno and Phil, you, you, you've got Klassen and Schneiderlin. There's fifty million pounds worth of players there. Well, to be honest, yeah, you know, there could be quite an experienced you know line of sense out there because. As Phil said, you know, obviously Apple and Limassol also have absolutely nothing to play for. Mm. You know, they've had a couple of good wins back to back in uh, in the Cypriot League, so you'd imagine they'd make a number of changes as well. There is a proper double dead rubber, as Phil seeing it so accurately called it. So. <laughs> On the flip side of this, Phil, it, it'll probably stand mm. Everton in good stead when you're looking at towards the Merseyside. I mean, don't want to touch on it too much, but it'll give Sam Allardyce, Sammy Lee, and all the all the first team players. Double sessions and a lot more time now looking ahead to Sunday rather than the players now the other players that are with the squads in Cyprus. It will give Sam 
And obviously, Sammy yeah. Lee, that time and effort and there'll be double drills, double sessions and everything else. Looking forward to that Merseyside derby where Liverpool have got to play on Wednesday night as well. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And it'll give Sam and, and Sammy um, that opportunity that, that Unzi bemoaned that he, yeah. he never had. You know, the games came thick and fast for Unzi, didn't they? And he kept saying repeatedly, if only he could get some time with him on the training ground. Well, you know... It's, it's it's a sort of a happy coincidence, if you like, for Allardyce and Lee in this respect, because it is the dead rubber and he can afford to rest and, and, and keep at home all the players who will be involved on Sunday. And they've got an extra two, two and a half days to work on on tactics, etc., for uh, for a huge game. So it's not a great, you know, a great coincidence or a great turn of fate for, for the supporters who've already pre-booked flights and tickets and stuff and, and we're hoping this was going to be the glorious farewell into the, into the knockout stages of the Europa League um, but for the team and, and for the health of the team going into Sunday it's, it's fallen quite nicely really Just on a different issue Phil obviously looking forward to for the Europa League match a lot of questions will be asked when the team lineup goes up on, on Thursday and just the likes of yourself will be asked again, who's he, where's he come from? There's got to be a lot of youngsters in this team, isn't he? Is there anyone to look out for? Because they're going to be the general Evertonians looking at this team thinking, who's he, where's he come from? Has he done well with the under-23s? Yeah. Is there anyone out there that the, that the fans should be looking at towards? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm told reliably that Morgan Feeney's in the frame. Uh, to start, but obviously we're, we've become more familiar with Morgan because obviously he came on against Atalanta, didn't he? Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Morgan get another another stab of things. Um, I'm told that Harry Charsley is is travelling uh, as part of the youngsters. Now Harry's been a mainstay the 23s for a couple of seasons now. Was a big part of the Premier League two title success, and he's a real industrious all-action player who actually can play in a, a number of positions. At one point, Unzi said to me last season, he's the first name on the team sheet, but actually his position is never never determined. He can play as far as up front as, and as far back as, as full-back. So, um, interesting to see if he gets any game time and where he plays. And then, you know, I'm told that there's a few of the few of the youngsters from the under-18s are in the frame. People like Alex Denny, who's played at England youth level, uh, Michael Collins, who's a Wirral lad, who's, who's highly thought of, and uh, Fraser Hornby, who's scoring a lot of goals um, for the 18. So I was told they were in the frame to travel, but we'll get uh, confirmation of, of if they were on the plane uh, later today. Quite interesting talking about uh, you know sort of youngsters there, Phil, because another story uh, which is you know certainly exercising the imagination this morning is uh, the news that Joe Royal um, has left the club. He's um, I think his title, what was it, professional development coordinator. <laughs> Basically, he looked after the lads who were out on loan. Uh, he used to go and watch uh, the youngsters and report back uh, to the manager on how they were faring. Now, as ever, the conspiracy theorists have had a field day on this one uh, because it comes just four days after um, Sam Allardyce has arrived as Everton manager, people putting two and two together. In this instance, they are making five because you know we've, we've had contact from Joe and he's assured us there's absolutely nothing sinister uh, in his decision. And uh, I think... What's behind it largely is that he was such a big ally of David Unsworth, and he was you know the pair of them were almost like a double act. I think he felt so disappointed, uh, you know, so at the way uh, you know things worked out for David long term as far as the uh, the full time managership went. So I think he just thought that the time was right. He's sixty eight as well, Joe. Yeah. You know, so you know he wants to spend a bit more time uh, you know with his wife, and he'll be at the matches as he said uh, in his statement that's on the club's website that you know once an Evertonian always an Evertonian he'll still be at the ground as he has been for the last 60 odd years 
So, you know, obviously I go back a long way with Joe. Absolutely top, top fella. Uh, true Evertonian and a genuine legend, uh, living legend. So very, very sad, you know, so to, to see him leave the club. But equally, I, th- I think his legacy lives on. I mean, I know certainly the younger players at the club think very, very highly of him. And you've dealt with him a fair bit, uh, Phil. You know, so you've got nothing bad to say about him, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I've, I, the complete opposite, actually. And, and something that always springs to mind with Joe is, is something I wrote about um, Howard um, at the time of his passing, actually. And it was... These guys were from a different era and maybe for a younger generation of Evertonians, although they know full well what they achieved at the football club, you know, they might see that the game is different. But these are football men that know a player when there's a player, know a bad player when they see a bad player, know how to set teams up. They know the game. And yeah, they, their heydays may have been in the 80s and 90s and they may have played in the 60s and 70s. But Joe and Howard, and obviously we're speaking about Joe here, you, you had to listen. You know, they they know football, and I was you know reassured massively when you, when you would see Joe and Unzi together because I know Unzi, I haven't spoken to him. He he would really lean heavily on Joe during this period uh, of being a caretaker, and I just think people like that have have got football running through them. And I just think you know, as I said, they're from a different era. You you know, you might argue, but. They know the game and, and what they see on a pitch is, is worth listening to. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's funny, actually, people always talk about Joe as being the last, you know, so Everton manager to bring silverware to the club, which he is, which he's rightly proud of. But I think he's probably even more proud of the fact that he achieved something more important to Everton in his time there. And that was keeping the, keeping the club in the Premier League. From having started mm-hmm. that 94-95 season, the worst start to a season in the club's history was it seven points after 11 games? It was absolutely, you know, so in dire straits. And uh, from having that appalling start, Everton suddenly needed to find European qualification level football uh, to succeed, to stay in the Premier League. I think, you know, two points from every game was the average they needed. And he achieved that. And uh, he's also secretly quite proud of the fact that during his, uh, you know, his 18 months, two years, as, uh, or two and a half years as Everton manager, he never once lost a derby, mm-hmm. which could be quite a nice... When you look at it, Bruno, yeah. is that when he came over, he took over a relegation-threatened team. Yeah. And in the space of 18 months, two years, turns us into the European qualifying team with the likes yeah. of Kanchelskis, Limpar, Parkinson, Rides, Al Ferguson... That team is probably the, one of the best teams I grew up watching Everton. Yeah. Joe Rule gave me the greatest day of my life supporting Everton, and that I'll live long in the memory. And I've got to be ever thankful for that. And when following Everton all my life, it's just basically being brought up on relegation, dog fights, etc. So when someone comes in and lifts the mood from everything and tops, keeps you up, brings you to Wembley, beats Tottenham, beats Manchester United in the final, gives you a cup. And then goes on to be playing expansive football, beating Liverpool at Anfield, beating Manchester United, beating all these big teams and pushing towards that top four, top five. And it was an absolutely fantastic team to watch. And it's only Everton, this current team, because I have half the ounce of attitude that Joe installed in them because it was, it was a brilliant watch, that team. 100%, yeah. Well, you know, so happy retirement, Joe, certainly uh, well earned, but like you say, he'll be back at Goodison. And he'll almost certainly be at Anfield at the weekend. We're not going to talk too much about the Derby match because, um, you know, we'll do a separate pod um, before the weekend uh, looking, you know, ahead to that one. But, you know, focusing on the game tomorrow evening, 
Um, any news in the Cypriot press yet, Phil, about say, what they're likely to do with their team or what kind of gate might be expected on the night? Is it going to be like a really weird atmosphere with like, <laughs> nobody in there, more journalists than Well, there's got to be more Evertonians because <laughs> they've sold the allocation, haven't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, to, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I can't say that Nicosia has been gripped by Europa League fever. <laughs> right. I, I, I sense quite the opposite. Look, I mean, it was we were only in, in, in middle of town for a few hours uh, last night, but I, I mean, I was quick pick up of, the, of, of local papers, you know, trying to see anything. Yeah. I couldn't see any reference to the game, so it'd be interesting. I, I, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the Evertonians outnumber the home fans. But then again, it's a big English club coming over, isn't it? So, you know, regardless of, of it being the double dead rubber, there may be there may be sort of that interest that it's Everton and, and the prestige that Everton carry. Uh, whoever is wearing the shirt uh, for, the, for the local supporters. It's certainly one of those games to say I was there because uh, yeah. you know I, I, I mean Krasnodar and Bate Borisov with the previous dead rubbers were both at Goodison. I mean this one you know taking place away from home. What, what I'm going to do here? I'm just going to absolutely wax lyrical over Everton support. Now when you think of this is that uh, this is a, as you've just touched on Phil, it's a double dead rubber. They're basically playing their under 23s away from home in Rimasol. This is in December, basically, a couple of weeks before Christmas. Yeah. Amazing side derby on Sunday, and they've sold their allocation. It's absolutely inc- yeah. incredible support, considering what they've had to deal with this season. Basically, this is the third manager. Four, if you look at on, on Shakespeare, really. Yeah. So, I just t- yeah. look, I look at this support, and the football club and the football players that will be playing on Thursday, whoever the selectors, should be really grateful and thankful for the support that they're getting at the moment, because if you witness yeah. it, it's, it's not appreciated, in my opinion. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm forever astonished by the level of support. You know, obviously, professionally, we, we, we go and cover Everton wherever wherever they are in the world, wherever they're playing at any time. But the number of number of supporters that, that travel to Slovakia for the Rosombarok game and stuff like that, and you just think it's incredible, you know, never mind the expense and, and the time. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's the effort of having to go to games that... You know, aren't going to be the most exciting, and, and really, in the course of a season, a, a small fry, if you like. But you know, and then that's just that, that level of support has just been re-emphasised today and, and this week because you know we fully expect a full allocation of, of blue fan, blues fans to have made the trip, and uh, they deserve a good few days, and they deserve a performance. So it won't be it won't be the, the first team, but there's enough senior players in that in that eleven and in that squad to. Uh, to put on a performance anyway. I was speaking to an Everton fan before he left um, yesterday and I was asking him, I said, this, uh, how are you, he's going to, obviously he's going to the match Thursday, he said, this is like two weeks before Christmas, obviously funds yeah, are tight yeah. and he's going straight from the match on the Thursday, flying back to London and then going to Derby yeah. on the Sunday, I think that's just unbelievable <laughs> support, isn't it? And I've got to just seriously take my hat off to them. Yeah, well, the thing is, as, as I said earlier on, I think everybody was hoping this was going to be the the, uh, the glorious farewell to the group stages as Everton fell serenely into the knockout stages with a bit of winter sun thrown into the mix. It was, on paper, looked like a, a really, really good trip, but Everton have let the supporters down the season, as we know, and we've, we've said time and time again. So, Everton fans deserve to, to see a victory on this trip, and, and I hope that the players who, who were selected... You know, I'm talking about the senior players, the young lads. You know, it's a great opportunity for them, and they'll get the full backing of of everybody on Thursday. But I just hope the senior players not only, um, you know, try to prove to the manager 
for themselves, but actually uh, try to repay the supporters as well because uh, you know I know I know everybody says their club has the best supporters, but you genuinely couldn't can't rival Everton's uh, Everton support at all. And so say all of us. Right, Phil, we'll let you uh, head off down to downtown uh, Nicosia, is it, to look for your Greek salad? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be, back, we'll be back on Friday with, uh, with another pod looking ahead to the Merseyside derby. So uh, speak to you later in the week. Cheerio.